Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered, which will inevitably disappoint on some level because there are red Solo cups here, but we're not drinking out of them today. So if you were looking forward to a a repeat, we have to keep that to a minimum because, you know, the hangovers are, are greater than they used to be, Vic. You know, we got to be res- we got to get hammered responsibly, you know, but I hope you had a happy fourth. How you doing? Hello, Mary Catherine. Uh, yes, I walked in the studio. I saw the stack of solo cups and I got nervous because I thought, are these left over? What's she doing? From, well, no. My first thought What's was they're plan? left over from the last episode and that they hadn't been emptied and they all have just a little bit of that little, beer. So you get little, that wonderful little whiff. A little fruit fly infestation? Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Just kidding. The fruit flies would be like, this is not real fruit. I, cannot, they wouldn't, I no, cannot indulge they in They would this. not, especially not the bush peach light. We heard a little bit about it from listeners. No, we got, I love the, I love the feedback we got from a lot of good engagement, yes. as they say, about our beer sampling and that we should have just gone right to Shandy's. But obviously, what the, the, the whole point of this was really to go to the most outrageous things and find a couple of hits here and there, like Lion and Kugels. But by and large, it's like, is this really ridiculous? And we were trying to get things that maybe you looked at and thought to yourself, no, there's no way I had good conscience I could buy this beer. But yes. We can let you know now. No, right. don't buy the beer. We're here. We're here for you. Yeah, no, this is what we do for. We're living. taking uh, slings and arrows this is, on this stuff. This is the job. By so, the way, I have yeah. a slight clarification. One one of our commenters on Instagram, Musical Car, says on behalf of Wisconsin, you called Lion Kugels a Coors brand. It was owned by Miller prior to the Miller's Miller oh. Coors merger. Ooh. So just FYI. I guess. Thank you. Yeah. Our listeners are they're they're very with it. They're very informed. Although I do think we tipped a cap to the Wisconsin. Oh, roots yeah. of Lion Yeah, yeah. Kugel. In general, yes, absolutely. So last week I was in Annapolis. Not week, weekend. Mm-hmm. And our producer, Jennifer Huffle, gave me some great tips. Nice. I'd been there before, but it's always great to check out some places. Uh, this restaurant, Blackwell Hitch, and there's a couple of those locations around town. That was lovely. And there was a place called the Chop Tank, which is named after the Chop Tank River, which you will soon see, Mary Catherine, next week down in Cambridge, Maryland. That's the oh. Chop Tank. If you want to go like kayaking, it's the Chop Tank. I normally, if I see peel and eat shrimp, I'm kind of curious. I'll get if I'm really feeling good about myself, a pound. But I decided I'll do a half pound and see what's going on. Because, you know, but you prepare to get messy. Right. And a lot of oh, people, of you know, it's like n- normally it's it's cheaper than obviously a shrimp cocktail because you're doing all the work. Yes. But I don't mind that. Oh, I don't mind either. You know, yeah. But you do it's, have it's, to it's have It's what a... my people have done for centuries. It's, it is a wet nap situation. It you is. At the have, end of the you day. You want to have yeah, a nice yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you're, you're eating your fingers. You're, you're tasting all the flavors with the old bay and everything. So they bring this over at the chop tank, and it was just a half pound. And it was just like a handful of shrimp, but they were huge. Right. So each one was just a pleasure. You just take that shell off, and it all comes off together at the same time. A lot of, lot of bang time. for your buck yes, with you, each you shelling. Yes, you grab it by its little, the little legs, and you pull it around, and the whole thing comes take out. Take its little jacket off. Yes, and then you can pluck it out whole so you don't leave any shrimp behind. It was so good. Also, went to mass at the Naval Academy Chapel. Oh, how beautiful. It was something. You're sort of like mesmerized the entire time because the stained glass is this, it's it's all maritime theme, but biblical and maritime, right? And the other thing was the plebes that were there, so they occupy the right side of the church and we're on the left side and other officers and whatnot. They had just started on Thursday, the plebes. So oh, in the middle for their of summer. The summer. Okay. And so this is like four days in and you can see when they file in, they look like they're in a daze. Oh yeah, that's a that's a shell shock sort of week. It is, and you know they give they're, you the, they're there to pray. They're there to pray, yeah, for strength. 
and they so and and and, and the priest was great, but the, you know they give out the little oh, the, the little flyers or whatever the you know right. the, the thing there for so the. I don't want to call them missalettes, but anyway, you get them there and it tells you all the hymns and different things. And at the bottom it says, we ask that parents, if they see your, if you see your children, please do not engage with your children. Oh. Because, you know, I mean, because they're there for the weekend. Of course. course, They said, oh, we'll stay. They see them off. And that's something like my mother would have done. If she saw me, she would have slipped me a 20. Mom, you're embarrassing me. Yeah, no, exactly. You're embarrassing me at the Naval Academy. So it's like, please don't. Because again, I think the whole point is you want to separate them. Right. No contact. Yeah, for a this, stretch. Is a, this is a new life they're to living. Re- so they're born again hard. Sorry, that's full metal jacket. <laughs> Mary Catherine, enough about me. How are you? What have you um, been up to? Well, a couple things. One, my favorite peel and eat shrimp are at the fish market in Old Town. Oh. And they add a really interesting blend to the Old Bay. There's there's like cinnamon and clove in there. Oh, that's And it, so gives, yeah, it, it gives it a, a bit, bit of a sweetness. Yes. And I think really? they're just fantastic. Also, just like a is pound of called, butter involved. You mean the fish market? Just like... You know, it's right down on the water on... Uh, is it on King Street? Okay. All right. Look it up. Anyway. Two, I have spoken at the Naval Academy Chapel. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> oh, shout wow. out to listener Lauren and her husband, Nick. I spoke... I did a reading for their wedding, and I was more nervous than I have perhaps ever been, because I was like, here I am in this magnificent place. It's, Echoey, and the yes. ceilings are so high, and it's. But I reportedly did a fine job, but I was nervous. Good. I can't believe you being nervous. Oh no, I I, I get a healthy. Order, I mean, I know when you order takeout, you get nervous. We all know that. It's <laughs> true. That's true. Public speaking in general. Do you do oyster shooters? Not really. I no. did one for the first time. Yeah. And my problem was, I actually like oysters, mm-hmm. so I like to swish it around, and you're. Jennifer's right. Look at the she's laughing. Anti oysters. Um, you're, you're supposed to just shoot it. You're supposed to just swallow the whole thing whole with the shot of vodka, Bloody Mary mix, whatever yeah. it is. I feel like and, that's a waste of an oyster. No, and so it's like exactly. Mm-hmm. So then I had this thing where then I'm just sipping this thing later on, and it was kind of silly. Okay, just wanted to. Check. All right. Well, we got a lot to get to today. A ton. Media turning on Biden, mm. Coke in the White House, which I know is sort of. A dated story at this point, but it's a pretty big story. It's ongoing. So we want to check in on that. Free speech in the federal courts. A little story about a, a, a sociopath named Eric Adams, mayor of New York. So we want to get to that. It's but before story. that, quickly, I had a lovely fourth at the lake with no. no no fewer than 14, 15 family members. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually is great for me because a lot of people can watch my children. Sure. So that's nice. Are they all under one roof? Yes, essentially. Was this was there a potluck element to this, or oh, were yes. you just cooking up giant no, no, no. vats? So, so again, this is Steve's family. Mm-hmm. Oh, great, nice. great cooks, helpful oh, people. Good. So we yeah. had a lot of just like people just making food constantly. Yeah, and uh, there were no rules on what anyone was eating this week for sure. It was good. just like straight mac and cheese and hot dogs and oh. all the most American things, along with the fruity beers, which I took there. To pawn off on oh, my you relatives. You... And I tell you what was left behind the Sam Adams weird citrus flavored ones. Yes. And the chiladas. Yes. The ch- yeah. Again, those those were left behind. Off making your what about the Sunny D? The Sunny oh, D no. got drunk. That definitely got drunk. Because it was there was half millennials there. Yes. It's they were like, what? No, I I I was I was disturbed by how much I liked it. <laughs> so did that. And I discovered on this trip. Each of your kids has a different risk tolerance. Yes. You know? And you learn this about them as they grow up. And sometimes it worries other parents because they're not used to your kids' ability or risk tolerance. So 
my second kid would be climbing very high things at the park and other at about two and parents would look at her like are you going to stop this but she was very stable and she was very practiced and I so I didn't so I had a tolerance because she had a tolerance this third one she's wild she's wild y'all here's how you know because there's a blacktop at the lake that that goes downhill to the lawn and it's large it's like because yeah. this is this house a lot of people can stay there so there's a lot of parking so the the smooth black top slopes down to the lawn very long slope and there are tricycles oh at boy. the lake just a little fisher price like plastic sure. thing it's not the metal kind we haven't upgraded her to that it's like plastic wheels yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we put her on that we put her on that, and at first she's just sort of pushing it around with her hands and walking next to it. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Then she's pushing it uphill because secretly she's just training like Rocky yeah, for the rest say, of her she's life. Getting ready for so the she's Iron pushing Man. it uphill, but yeah. then lo and behold, she figured out that she could sit on it and just let loose. Really? Down this hill of about, I would say, if you started from the top, it was a good 30 yards. Plus momentum. Downhill, right? Now, we didn't allow her to do the full 30 yards, yards maybe next yeah. month. But but there were several times that she hopped on that sucker, and I had to chase her, and she's going, <laughs> like, as she's going down the hill, she's a year and a half old. She also tried a scooter so wow. and gained some skills there. So anyway, keep your eye out. For that one, but this is, but this is, you know, you are, you are very much. What's the term? Free range. You're yeah. a free range. Yeah. You know, but I mean, this is like you're, yeah. like you're like out in the in the country, like Laura Ingalls Wilder over here. <laughs> did she figure? Did, did your daughter figure out the pedals and stuff? No. So this oh, particular model straight. doesn't even have pedals. Oh, you just yeah. And she had bare feet at the time because, of course, I let her run around with bare feet, yeah. and I realized, ooh, I should probably put some yeah. shoes on her so she can at least stop the vehicle a little bit. So we did do that. Or I stopped the vehicle yeah. by sprinting to catch right. up with her. So she just enjoyed because again, <laughs> once you're going downhill, then you don't need any. You just no, she didn't enjoy the ride, and she was enjoying it so much. Like a, half the kids will be like, "What's happening?" and right. not know how to stop themselves and cry. Not this kid. Not this kid. So bring, it, bring anyway, it on. I will keep an eye on that. All right, let's talk about 2024. <laughs> with an eye to media coverage of President Joe Biden. Yes. Did you notice a shift this week, Vic? Yes. Because I yes. sure did. Let me give you two examples. There's actually three, but let's start with the opinion section of the New York Times runs Maureen Dowd, who, if ever there was a gauge of basic sort of like liberal conventional mm-hmm. wisdom at this point, mm-hmm. I think Maureen Dowd is a good one. Sure. It's seven grandkids, Mr. President. Yes. She writes compellingly about... Joe Biden's seventh grandchild, who is the child of Hunter Biden, who lives in Arkansas. We've spoken about her before. She is four years old. She's definitely related to the Bidens. This is a yeah. The, the science has spoken. DNA, on this. the DNA, um, and they're not contesting it. They're not contesting it. They're not. The, they're not contesting the DNA. Yeah. They right. just reached. Hunter just reached an agreement with the mother of this child to cut down his child support significantly. Yeah. From twenty thousand a month to five thousand a month, which, if you're doing the math, is sixty k a year from the old Biden family for this child. Yeah. It's not. Ain't a lot. But you did get some paintings. Yes, proceeds so, for if you could sell the artwork. So the the press is sort of the floodgates opened on this. I wrote about this child and, and Hunter's treatment of her maybe a mm-hmm. week before everyone else mm-hmm. started. Not that not that I'm some I'm congratulating myself, but it was interesting yeah. that as it was like a week after the settlement came down, the press decided, oh, maybe we should ask about this. And 
KJP was even asked about it. Yeah. At a press briefing at some point. Of course, she's just like indignant. Indignant. Well, I think, I mean, the, the new default, by the way, for, for Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, is I don't have anything to add I don't have anything that. on that I don't for you. Any, yeah. So anyway, Maureen Dowd, as she often does, writes about her more right-leaning relatives having an issue with this. And, you know, she has a right-leaning relative who voted Biden, but this is bothering her. Well, it should bother you because it's gross. It's unseemly. And not everyone in the press is after him about this. Let me, let me just play Dana Bash on CNN with this sort of real attempt to make a defense for this. Here we go. This is a story that is sad and disturbing on so many levels. Um, Yes, it is political for a couple of reasons. Um, Number one, yes, Republicans are using it and are going to take advantage of it in a way that is unfortunate and inappropriate. But the reason they are doing that is because, and able to do that, is because of the brand and the kind of person that we all know and believe Joe Biden to be because it's who he says he is and it's somebody who is a family man. That's what we see all of the time. I've talked to Democrats who very much love Joe Biden who say that this is kind of devastating to the image of who he is. I mean, come on. So like whatever he says they believe? That is some real Republicans pouncing right there. Also the idea that the idea that something that cuts against his very carefully constructed public persona in such a major way yeah. should not be a topic of conversation right. is crazy to me. He's doing this. I also don't understand why they're doing it. It seems mm-hmm. it would be a pretty easy redemption story yeah. that no one in the press is going to give them trouble about mm-hmm. to just say like, oh, my gosh, what a blessing. Right. Another child. How wonderful is this? And yet they're fighting tooth and nail. Yeah. I'm led by Hunter. I don't. Right. I, I'm not sure that it's Joe Biden's decision to do this, but he certainly has influence over his son. But yes, it's it's unfortunate and and inappropriate to bring up this topic. The second media outlet turning on the old president, Old Yeller: Biden's Private Fury by Alex Thompson, former yeah. stenographer for Biden camp PR in Axios. He goes over the, the president's temper. In public, President Biden likes to whisper to make a point. In private, he's prone to yelling. Behind closed doors, Biden has such a quick trigger temper that some aides try to avoid meeting alone with him. Some take a colleague almost as a shield against a solo blast. The president's admonitions include, God damn it, how the F don't you know this? Don't effing bullshit me and get the F out of here. I'm not trying to spare you the worst of the cuss words. According to current and former Biden aides who have witnessed and been on the receiving end of such outburst why it matters <laughs> from axios very, yeah, the private very eruptions axios. the private eruptions paint a more complicated picture of biden than the one we've stunned like yeah. than the one we've carried water for for the last five years as a manager and president then his carefully cultivated image as a kindly uncle who loves aviator sunglasses and ice cream gee who yeah. created that image guys who, Ch- who choc- helped with that chocolate chocolate chip perhaps he, he was always more complicated yeah. You know, I do have to say it is one of the great modern marketing miracles that and I'm going to cuss a little bit here myself. So just FYI, if you have kids in the car, that Biden was remade into friendly grandpa Biden after decades of copiously recorded outbursts as senior Senate dickhead. I mean, just ranking member right. of the jerk caucus right. i mean it is he's always been 
this guy and even i fell for the rebranding sometimes i'd be like oh yeah that's joe Old, old funny Joe, but that's not all he ever was. Right. In fact, it's very obvious what he was before. After Bo Biden died, Joe went on Colbert's show mm-hmm. where Colbert, you have to see this video because Joe Biden is so quiet. He's so soft-spoken and Colbert is pleading with him to run. This is in 2016. He's pleading for him to run for president. And can't you do it? And it's just so the whole affair between Biden and the media and Biden, the late night talk show guys, particularly with Colbert, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, I mean, he was just like, please, we love you so much. Can't you? Right. I mean, so it worked. And you're watching this on TV and saying, wow, this guy's so nice. This guy's so great. And obviously he lost his son. So you felt bad. And, he, and it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, what's there not to yeah, like about Joe Biden? simultaneously yeah. a man who has overcome great personal sure. tragedy. No, it's true. And... A real obvious a-hole a right. lot of the time. So, By uh, the way, wasn't there a no a-hole rule for this White House? Yes, but didn't count for I him. Guess, oh, okay. Just for the staff. Right. Just... Okay. So <laughs> to go back, if I can, yes. to the, the Maureen Dowd column, the thing that struck me was looking at, I mean, she got thousands of comments, right? Mm-hmm. And based on those thousands of comments, a lot of these people did not know about this, that all, there's a huge swath of people out there who are New York Times readers and they didn't seem to know that Hunter Biden had this affair or he had this, you know, one night stand, whatever you want to call it, with Alexis London Roberts and that a child resulted and that DNA shows that this girl's grandfather is the president of the United States. And it's the seventh grandkid and that Biden refuses to acknowledge. Prior to that, they seem to have been oblivious. So right. suddenly... Not only are they shocked to learn about this, if you look at the comment sections, but they're also appalled by it. Like they actually feel, and there are obviously- I find that somewhat heartening. Yeah, I mean- They're at least appalled by it. No, no, they think it's unseemly and they say, look, it's, you know, it's it's, it's not him, it's his son. Maybe there are legal reasons why he can't acknowledge it. But when you see that it's the hypocrisy that's the issue because he goes around and as Danabash says, he's so folksy and he's a good old Joe. And he goes, he told kids in the White House that he has six grandkids and I love all six of them. Well, he he d- I mean, that. he loves the, the six, just not six, the other one. And six stockings on, on, the, on the White House mail for Christmas. I know. So, I mean, it's just like totally gaslighting. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the pushback, which is interesting, besides Dana Bash, on The View, Whoopi Goldberg, she said, this is none of our business. I mean, come on. And you know why it's not? Because... You know, there's this rule, Mary Catherine, that we don't go after the, the the children of the president. And Hunter Biden is Joe Biden's child. He is a child. Mm, I mean, he acts like forever, a child. right? Which reminded me of an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm mm-hmm. when Bob Einstein, you know, he tells Larry David because like the last of his parents had passed away, and he's oh, I'm sorry, my condolences. And and, and Einstein says, Yep, I'm now an orphan now. I am now an orphan. And he's like, really? You are because both you you lost both your parents. Right. And he's like, no, you're not. And it's the same thing. Gabriel he's was just, child. oh, yeah, the same thing. You can't go after Biden. He's the president's child. He's in his fifties. So that's give that's me a what break. Uh, Michael Tomaski of the New Republic had to say about it. it said oh. media expectation bias. This is his yeah. take. When you're a good family man, the press will accuse you of quote hypocrisy about a thing like this new grandchild she's for. But when you're Trump, all-around scumbag, there's no hypocrisy. See how it works? Yes. The, pre- the press is famously very yeah, they've been so, with Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Exactly. With, 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 <laughs> also, yeah. it would be one thing to say that we don't talk about Hunter because Hunter is, you know, not 
at the White House or he's not part of this administration. Mm-hmm. He's constantly yeah. with them. He's living. He's lived there. He does business with CFC he's China at, Energy. He's at Camp David. And he's on Air Force One. He's on the exactly. balcony. He's he's clearly close with his father. Right. And on official business with him. It seems like maybe he is worth talking so, about. As for the as for the prof- yes as for the profanity, and the realization that we suddenly have President Joe Pesci in the White <laughs> House, the, I mean, the thing is from a management sort of perspective, when you're always if you start if all you do is yell all the time, you lose the effectiveness yes. of that. As you know, with being a parent, if all you do as a parent is yell at your kids, after a while the kids don't care, and I may maybe fear is a motivation to a certain extent. Maybe for these White House staffers, the fear is losing your job and access to the quarters of power or whatever. But does it actually make them better? Also, I love, I'm not a drama queen about bosses yelling. It it is what it is. is. The White House is a stressful place. Plenty of presidents have yelled at people. Mm -hmm. And it's not the end of the world. Not every unpleasant thing you experience is trauma. Although I'm sure many people will write books about how this is trauma. At any rate, what did strike me as a little gross is when they're talking, some of these staffers talking about how Jen Psaki, I think, is among them. She knew that Biden truly trusted her when he blew up on her in a private meeting. And I'm like, ooh, that seems like a little bit of a weird... A read? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, ooh, maybe that's sort of a... you, you have to tell yourself that to feel like better. I'm, I'm, now otherwise... in, I'm now ingratiated oh, by this. Oh, how exciting <laughs> to be berated by the president. Andrew Stiles, I would say half seriously suggested that of course the the tantrums and the profanity laced tirades are also symptoms generally with people in mental decline look i mean I, the it, frustration it is hard to mm-hmm. deny that some of that is playing yeah. a part here i know that the press wants to tell us that none of this exists but they're changing their minds about that forthwith the atlantics step aside joe oh, biden right. the president has no business running for office at age 80 elliot cohen I'm deeply grateful to Joe Biden. By defeating Donald Trump in 2020, he rescued this country from the continuing misrule of a dangerous grifter and serial liar. Blah, 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 blah. He also has no business running for president at age 80. I say that with considerable feeling, being in my late 60s and knowing that my 70s are not far off. I am healthy as any late middle-aged person can be, but I know that at this stage I do not have the energy I had a decade ago. I forget more things, and if my body does not hurt when I wake up in the morning, a little voice in my head asks whether I am dead and do not yet know it. It's actually it's a funny. pretty good line. Yeah. <laughs> so, this I don't think this would have been printed a couple of months ago. No, although it is funny that, you know, it's not like his pleading is going to convince as respectable a columnist as Elliot Cohen is, I don't think Joe Biden is going to look at it and say, wow, you know, maybe I should step down for the good of the country and do something no, the selfless. Man, the man ran hopelessly yeah. for president over and over and over and again. And his, uh, his campaign in, 20, in, in 2020 worked, which is not the campaign right. at all. Well, and at times to great embarrassment in his earlier runs, right? He's sure. he's, bla- he's, yeah, he's, he's been, been through all sorts like of humiliations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to some of his 2007-2008 Iowa mm-hmm. events. Woo! Yeah. It's like three people in the room. Okay. The guy can endure yeah. a lot. He's the, he's the Rocky of humiliation. So yeah, he'll just keep is. coming back. So I'm not sure that he's going to like find the exit door either figuratively mm-hmm. or literally. Yeah. Right now. No, I know we talk about, you know, we're actually witnessing not only, you know, various verbal gaps, but literal stumbles. Yeah. The, the problem for the problem here is, again, with Democrats, a good number of Democrats, a majority of Democrats who think he's too old and should not be running. Nobody in their 80s is, you know, this is a very hard job. 
And yet he is going to because of two things. One, he thinks that he can beat Donald Trump because he's done it before. And if there's one candidate who who Biden could beat, it's him. Right. Which, again, goes back to the whole thing where it's a win-win for Trump. Because they want it to be about Trump. He want, Trump wants it to be, be about, about Trump. Trump right. So it, it's a win. <laughs> but the other thing is, everybody around him, there's too much at stake. Everybody yeah. has all these plum jobs. Right. You know, they need Biden to run again. They're just, you know, you know, push him forward. Yeah, you can't bring in the Gavin Newsom troops and displace the KJPs of the world. No, no. You don't think he'd keep her on merit? <laughs> Speaking Speaking of KJP's prowess, yes, she had a rough subject to take on last week, which we must talk about. Oh, yeah. Cocaine in the White House, guys. So this was treated as a hazmat situation at first, which, to be fair, anything plausibly related I, to Hunter I, Biden I, I probably should be. I wrote that down, hazmat yeah, issue. It was, it was treated that way because they found a white powder. Yeah, that, that's what makes the news. Oh, my gosh. In the West Wing. And originally, it was reported, let's see. It, the location changed. That's the issue. Over the, the story the, is the not early times of this reporting. Dry, so, so this is from NBC after the original story. Cocaine found in the White House was in a different location than previously reported. Sources said multiple officials involved in the White House cocaine inquiry now say the bag of powder was found in a cubby near the White House's executive entrance, not the formal West Wing lobby, as was previously reported. Investigators expect to be done with the investigation by Monday, said two Sources familiar with the investigation, the, the inquiry had previously been expected to take a couple of weeks. They took this bag of white powder. It made news because it's a hazmat situation. They go to have it tested. It turns out it's cocaine. And then suddenly the the place it was found keeps changing to more and more highly trafficked, no pun intended, areas yeah. of the West Wing. Places where tours go yeah. through. But then you have the issue of, okay, so say some random tourist brings mm-hmm. a bag of cocaine to the mm-hmm. West Wing, you're checked by dogs and yeah. secu- Secret Service before you get into the building. Perhaps friends of staffers are not as well checked, but I think they are. In my experience, when you get a staff tour, you're equally checked before you go in. So that does beg the question, who would be a person who's not regularly checked, who has access to right. these areas? God forbid you bring up Occam's razor. Mary Catherine, because see, I, who has a history of using cocaine? Well, that you know, was my joke. Crack. You know, you know, it's the best tool to figure out who was cutting lines in the White House. Occam's razor. <laughs> very good. Gross. Very, very good. Very good. You're welcome. Uh, you guys can use that one. Yeah. The what they would love is to eventually get to the point of a narrative of either they'll do th- one of two things. One, they'll say, you know, it was a visitor of a, a, a White House tour. They just happened to have in the pocket. They had to empty their pocket or they left it there and they got confused. And in fact, it was a mega MAGA, you know, sympathizer. Of course. Of course. And they planted evidence you know who to I embarrass would believe the it president. Was? I would believe it was Team Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, look, look whose turn no, it is yes. now, guys. Yeah, you, you don't put anything past them. <laughs> and the other thing is the moving of the locations because we were thinking about for, at first they said it was the library. It was like in the study as if this is Clue. You know, and then and then after that, it moved to to the, to the to the West Wing, and then the the West Executive Entrance, and it, which is okay. Well, now what's happening here? Also, by the way, when they say oh, it's a tour group, it's if it, this is a West Wing tour we're talking about, right? And those are very hard to get through. Yes, they are. You got to put your you give them your social security numbers, and you have to show your ID. Right, so we know exactly ma- who yeah. was on those tours. Yeah. Okay, yeah. exactly. And and there are other people who are saying, you know, it's a weird story, but. 
I guess we'll never know. I, so the, I mean, I actually saw that. I right. guess we'll never well, that, know because I don't know how to work a camera. That's the big know? thing is like, oh, I guess yeah. we can come to no conclusions. The investigative arms of the federal government can find out all sorts of things right. about every single one of the people that was within a mile of the Capitol with a MAGA yeah. shirt on on January 6th. But they can't. They're not going to be able to figure this one out, right. guys. And then uh, KJP has asked, hey, the obvious question about the relationship of this illicit substance to the Biden family. There has been some irresponsible reporting uh, about the family. And uh, and so I got to call that out here. And I have been very clear. I was clear uh, two days ago when talking about this over and over again, as I was being asked a question, as you know, and media outlets reported this, the Biden family was not here. They were not here. They were at Camp David. They were not here Friday. They were not here Saturday. They were not here Sunday. They were not even here Monday. They came back on Tuesday. So to ask that question is actually incredibly irresponsible. And and um, I'll just leave it there. Okay. So it's embarrassing. So could somebody have left the cocaine? That's not. They're talking about when the cocaine was found, not when it was left there. Yeah. So sure, when they found it, he was not there. But that doesn't mean that they know well, also, when the insane idea how long it was there. The insane idea that a person who has regular a person who has regular access mm-hmm. to the West Wing, who has been seen on camera yeah. with the president in that area in the very recent days, who has written an entire memoir and documented himself for years right. using such a substance over and over and over again. And by the way, argued for great sympathy because of it. The idea that you can't just ask, hey, was this the Biden family's or any member of its stuff? Yeah. It's crazy. You know, again, we're talking about the president. It's the president's child. You can't tell, you know. The child is a child. He's basically a minor. Yeah. Here's KJP again on, uh, like, where exactly was this thing found? Good, Steve. Just uh, clarify for us where exactly inside the West Wing the substance was discovered. I'm not going to get into uh, specifics. All I can say is when people visit the West Wing, uh, there is uh, an air, there is the area of the West Wing where uh, it is highly uh, traveled, uh, and that is what happens. People come through this particular area. It's highly traveled. I'm just not going to get into specifics. I'm not going to get into uh, uh, not going to get ahead of the Secret Service, and so I'll let them speak to that. There are a couple of primary entrances into the West Wing. There's the one with which we're all familiar right outside uh, the driveway where the Marine stands when the president's in, in the West Wing. And there's another entrance uh, off West Executive Avenue. Can you explain which, which entrance we're talking I'm about? I'm going to let the Secret Service speak to that. Okay. Uh, can you explain why you, you can't explain it? I mean, you, you've described it as a heavily traveled area. That's what the Secret... I'm just saying what the Secret Service uh, said. We got this from the Secret Service, so I'm sharing a little bit more with you uh, from here. But again, it's under their purview. It's under investigation. They will They will have more specifics down the road uh, as they are uh, looking into this. We are confident that they will get to the bottom of this, and so I'm just going to leave it to them. The substance was discovered late on Sunday. What's the latest staff-led tours that happen in the West Wing on a Sunday? You know, I don't have the specific on how late the, te- the staff tours, uh, staff-led tours go, uh, but I can tell you that there was one on Friday, there was one on Saturday, there was on one on Sunday. The times that there are not any West Wing tours is when there is a federal holiday, like yesterday, or a big a White House, a large White House event. I uh, just don't have the specifics 
let's let's let the Secret Service get to the bottom of this. They'll have more, hopefully, more information, and uh, we have confidence that they uh, will be able to uh, figure this all out. So, going to give them mm, just just like so many people with bags of coke. So many people <laughs> with bags of coke, and they, you know what? I'm just going to leave it here. And they, I understand if you are already coked up, then you would might maybe forget that you left the bag of coke. But usually, they value the bag of coke. Yeah, like okay, it makes a funny joke but at the end that's my coke and i you know it's good a, stuff you know what phrase this brings to mind for me that we heard a lot during the trump administration this is not normal yeah right coke, coke in the west wing is this not is normal not normal yeah exactly yeah. there were allegations in the carter administration about cocaine use by members of the 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 carter administration but that was, be, at, that was at studio 54 also to be fair that was the 70s yes <laughs> 70s at Studio 54. Who was not on Coke at yeah. that time? I would be so disappointed if they weren't doing Coke at Studio 54. <laughs> they and 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 Willie Nelson smoked a, a giant doobie. He did yeah. on the roof, but correct? Again, that's Willie yeah. Nelson. Also, and it's marijuana. Wouldn't you? You'd it's be surprised different. if he wasn't. So okay. <laughs> so you know, well, I, I'm sure we, with Willie Nelson, we may we may never know. Much like yes, the SCOTUS we may leak, never know. we may never. No, right. but the Congress the congressional members are getting a briefing on this this week. So there will be right. some conclusion. Again, the point is that if no one's above the law, then no one's above the law. So let's just, can we just, I think we've dispensed with that, haven't we? Mm. All right. Oh, well, perhaps you got to do a lot of coke to stay on top of what all the Americans are saying and trying to censor them. That, that's Vic. right. You know, you got to, you got to put in extra hours. Well, it's for our own. All thing. right. But we've talked about this case before. This is Missouri versus yes, the Biden the administration. Attorney generals. Yes. This is a, a this ruling came down from a federal court on July 4th, which is symbolic. However, I sort of am bummed that probably a lot of people will miss this news when I think it's important news because it was July 4th. This is from the Wall Street Journal. This this is an opinion piece on it. This July 4th, there was a special reason to celebrate Judge Terry Doughty. Is that how he says it? Doughty, yeah, I guess. Issued a preliminary injunction in Missouri versus Biden, which stands to become one of the most important free speech cases in the nation's history. At stake is the federal government's use of social media platforms to censor Americans. Officials kept most of their censorship regime secret through two election cycles. Discovery in Missouri versus Biden, which was part of the reason for this case, just to bring yep. out the ways in which they were executing the censorship revealed extensive evidence of government coercion and encouragement of censorship. It is the most massive assault on free speech in the nation's history. This is a co-defendant, is that the term, yep. in this case. So he's obviously very anti the government's case on this. But it is a big deal because, first of all, I think the only way you get the government reined in is to actually go after it in this way. The only way you go after, you, you get emergency measures from states and towns gutted, or limited is mm -hmm. to sue them. And so I appreciate these attorneys general taking this on. And I appreciate the injunction that says that the Biden administration can't keep colluding with Facebook to shut all of you up. Again, this started earlier when Elon Musk took over Twitter and he started, and then he released the Twitter files and you saw the relationship that Twitter execs and then obviously Facebook execs had with the White House right. and the extent of this sort of collusion and sort of gentle, gentle suggestions about maybe you should, I don't know, block this person from right. saying things. Here's what they care about. They care about disinformation that is worse than censorship because it's a threat to democracy, right? Right. So also the ends justify the means. So if you have somebody who is wants to say on Facebook or Twitter legitimately, 
hey, you know, my child, you know, got the vaccine and experienced these side effects and they're factually documented side effects. It's not fake, but they actually experienced yeah. this or they had, you know, the, the, the inflammation in the heart or whatever. The government response is that may be true, right. but this is going to discourage people from getting the vaccination, which we think everybody should be vaccinated for. Therefore, we got to do what it takes. By the way, the government shouldn't even be censoring untrue information because we're allowed to say untrue oh, things. But this is how far it's gotten yeah. is that even true things that are deemed mm -hmm. unhelpful to their yeah. case mm -hmm. were attempted to be removed. Again, and there's a term, that's a, anything that's a threat to democracy. And there's a term is. for this called jawboning that is just sort of like in setting up an incentive structure via the government that clearly leads to yeah. another organization shutting people up. And it is bad. It's bad. But you know who doesn't think it's bad? Most journalists. <laughs> yeah. They're surprised. Sh shockingly, they're fine. They're totally Between the years fine 2021 and 2025. And that is because they trust the elites in charge of shutting people up. They trust that those people agree with them. And in fact, it has been proven many times over that there is an ideological slant to this, that there is a partisan slant oh, sure. to these attempts. In fact, uh, it's noted in this in this decision that almost every attempt to shut someone up was a right-leaning or conservative piece of speech yeah. outside the mainstream of either COVID discussion or what have you. I want to play a little bit of CNN. This is Allison Camerata with, if I may be so bold, Matt, Wil Matt Welch of Reason Magazine playing the part I formerly played on such oh, panels, right. yes. which is to <laughs> remind people of just sane things like that free speech is good and government censorship is bad. Here's Allison opening it up with a little quote from the judge. Matt, here's what the judge said, uh, blocking the Biden administration from communicating with social media companies, specifically flagging content or posts on social media platforms and are forwarding such to social media companies, urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner for removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing protected free speech. That's a lot of telling the government it shouldn't do things. Hmm. Are we comfortable with that? Here's Matt. It is. Your thoughts on this? There's also a lot of, uh, of uh, kind of open door in the second half of the injunction allowing for some national security kind of uh, uh, suppression or jawboning to get in, which I find is unfortunate. I think it should have been broader. I think the outrage here is from the government's behavior, especially in the year 2021. Wait, yeah. wait, just uh, help us understand. What do you think they should not be doing? Help us to understand, Matt. I think that the, that the president of the United States shouldn't be saying Facebook is killing people because that's nonsense on toast. I think that the Surgeon General of the United States shouldn't be out there uh, calling for a whole of society, not even whole of government, a whole of society crackdown on misinformation, which he then fails to define. I think that Jen Psaki, as White House Press Secretary, shouldn't be telling Spotify that you got to do more about Joe Rogan here. That's crazy. 20 years ago, after 9-11, we all remember this, right? When Ari Fleischer came on, he took so much heat from CNN, from a lot of people here probably, from me definitely, when he said um, that in the wake of 9-11, Americans need to watch what they say. That's all he said. There wasn't anything, you know, backed up. There wasn't regulation. Americans that he was talking about didn't have business in front of the government, the federal government. He said that he took a ton of heat because we understood we don't want the government to be telling us that. Now we have the government telling social media companies, you need to kick Alex Berenson off Twitter. 
That's bad. They're using national security to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop, laptop story, which wasn't a national security story. That's bad. So the outrage for me is not this ruling. It's weird. It's 45 pages. The outrage is in the government's behavior, especially in the year 2021. Jay. And then she says, what does she say? Okay, that's all the time we have. <laughs> yes, he is. They do actually do a, a couple rounds and he he's, says his piece, which used to be the piece yeah. of, I would say, literally 100 yeah. percent of journalists. Yeah. It's maybe a, 25 it, it, years it's ago. It's also a role reversal, because, again, if this were a different administration, they'd be in a state about this. They would yeah. be in a state yes. about well, this. Well, because then they, they see the Trump administration would be going against the 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 wrong kind of disinformation, you see. Again. Threats you see. to democracy. Do you remember? I mean, do you remember Nina Jankowicz? That almost happened when she was going to take over a, no, and this, a disinformation. This board. is the thing because people people will say Trump. And Trump. Trump sent, people were fine with that. Trump sent notes trying to get things taken down off mm-hmm. of. Of course he did. Of course he did. All, that's and here's do. the problem: yeah. is that there is a whole apparatus in place to do that. Right. Regardless of who the president is, there is an entire network of agencies inside the federal government whose job is to send the speech of normal Americans mm-hmm. to and report it to these companies and say, hey, <laughs> nice social media company you got there. Shame if yeah. anything should happen to it. Right. And then you get that stuff done. Matt also points out that the COVID conversation in this country, as will happen with other conversations, was badly served by suppressing these viewpoints. And we should be mad about it. Yeah. Because we didn't hear things that were true. Yeah. Again, and they... There was a lot of things that we did not know. And in that moment, we just decided, well, we better not talk about certain things. Maybe they had it figured out, but it turns out they didn't have it figured out. But good for him to have all that on his fingertips because, you know. Good for Matt. Carry the carry the torch, my friend. I enjoyed that very much. Me too. The the press deeply concerned about people just saying whatever they want in public. It's it's ludicrous. Ludicrous that we allow people to do this. But I I, I still can't figure out if they actually know what they're doing is hypocritical, or do they actually memory hole it? No, I remember that they are taking a different position. I think that we have lost. We used to have a almost uniform cultural understanding that free speech was good. We do not have that anymore. And most journalists have decided, I think with good logical reason in that they know that their people are in charge of the censorship Mm -hmm. regimes. That's why they were so mad about Elon Musk is the idea that they they might not be in charge of the censorship regime anymore. And therefore the bad information, even if it's true, would exist, would be allowed to exist. I think with some confidence, they know that the censorship happens to bad people who they don't like. Right. And that they know reporters largely no longer value the idea of free speech as a way to get to correct answers and good discussions about societal right. problems. Like, I, they just don't value it. Well, there, again, there's much more at stake right. than just reporting the news and trying to be honest about things. And, you know. By the way, did, you, did I ever tell you once I called the New York Times to ask them if they had an onboarding process that sure. included a discussion of free speech because oh. i thought you know a lot of these mm-hmm. kids come out of college and they don't really understand free speech or its merits yeah but surely the gray lady has some part of its you know along with the dei of course yeah. much le- much less but important the than value the of free speech might have some onboarding where we discuss the yeah, culture of free speech First amendment issues no nah, they don't they oh. don't that's not part of part of the but discussion. you're seeing this happen also you know on campus obviously 
mm-hmm. and debate societies or what have you. Well, where it, just, it is now, it is no longer the idea that it's sacred is it has been thrown out the window now. Oh, you yeah. actually have you know students who are saying there are, there are we should have more limits on free speech. Oh yeah, because not my speech, obviously, because right, what I think right. is true and good. But other people who are—I mean, it should probably be a felony know. to misgender somebody. Obviously, no. I mean, this is happening, and a number uh, a number of states are passing this law. Crazy. I believe this is supposed to be in Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. If this if this bill comes to pass, where somebody aggrieved—now I could be wrong; it could be a different state—but somebody aggrieved can then press charges about somebody not using their personal pronouns, right? And it comes with fines. I believe a Virginia teacher yeah. won a lawsuit over that based on free speech grounds. All right, I do. I want to tell a brief story sure. about how politicians are sociopaths, mm-hmm. guys. This is horrendous. It's about Mayor Eric Adams of New York, who we pick on fairly frequently. Sure. In Mayor Eric Adams' first month in office, as reporting in the New York Times, he was confronted with a tragic crisis: the deaths of two New York City police officers who were responding to a domestic disturbance in Harlem. Mr. Adams, a former police captain who campaigned as a Democratic crime fighter quickly sought to humanize the killings. The loss of the officers, he said, reminded him of the 1987 line-of-duty death of a friend, Officer Robert Venable. I still think about Robert, Mr. Adams said at a news conference at City Hall. I keep a picture of Robert in my wallet. A week later, Mr. Adams posed for a portrait in his office. This is the part that gets me holding a wallet-sized photo of Officer Venable after the New York Times had requested to see it. Mr. Adams has since repeated the moving anecdote in media interviews and at a police academy ceremony last June where he again displayed Officer Venable's picture. But the weathered photo of Officer Venable had not actually spent decades in the mayor's wallet. It had been created by employees in the mayor's office in the days after Mr. Adams claimed to have been carrying it in his wallet. The employees were instructed to create a photo of Officer Venable, according to a person familiar with the request. A picture of the officer was found on Google. It was printed in black and white and made to look worn as if the mayor had been carrying it for some time including by splashing some coffee on it, said the person who spoke on condition of anonymity for fear of retribution from his totally sociopathic boss. And I believe the uh, press secretary just scoffed without actually denying, just saying this is preposterous. is so gross. I'll tell you, the, the first thing that came to my mind, in the movie Schindler's List, these black market guys, Forge. They have their, they they create perfect forged working papers, blouchines, right? And they're just perfect. Mm-hmm. And Ben Kingsley, who plays it, Zach Stern, looks at me, goes, "The problem is they're too perfect. Mm-hmm. We got to mess them up." And he wrinkles it and he pours coffee on it. He's literally pouring coffee on it. And then the, and, and then I read the story, and this is exactly what Eric Adams. Oh, we got to pour. We got to make it look. We got to make it look like it's worn. It's sad. It's very sad that he has to do that. I mean, he can make the argument that you know. It was for a good cause to make people know that I really care because I really, really do. But I, I lost the photo. And like, that's the thing. When someone comes asking, out. just be like, I got out over my skis a little bit. You know, it's worse than him having never carried the photo at all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And or just say something silly like, well, I carry him in my heart. And I just I said the wrong thing. Yeah. That, that's fine. Let's say right here. You see this thing here. And to, and to pose with the portrait. The portrait is, of course, headlining. Yeah. The piece about the debunking terrible of taste. this. That is embarrassing and gross. Just yeah. why why do we attract this kind of person to public office? Why is Because this... there's nobody else. Oof. There is no alternative. It's like when you think about how did you know Bill de Blasio get elected mayor. The alternative was worse. And 
I can't remember if it was Freddie Ferrer or whoever it was. And then the same thing with Eric Adams. What is the alternative? You know, and there is no Giuliani-like figure at the moment that, that is going to step in and stop the insanity because it's really up to New Yorkers to, you know, when they've had enough of, of the crime and everything else, then that pendulum swings back right. and then they'll act, but they're, they're not there yet. It, it notes And that, until then, we got it, you got this guy. Again, this is an unforced error. Five police officers who knew Mr. Adams and Officer Venable in the early 80s did recall that the men were friends. Like, yeah. okay, great. Yeah. The, the story's enough. The story's enough. Photo ops. You need props. Okay. Gross. All right. Do we want to end on a, oh. a more uplifting note? Yes. The Metro car? Yes. yes. Let's do it. Okay. This is an eater. Metro Bar, D.C.'s transit-themed outdoor destination for local brews and spirits since summer 2021, has finally finished track work on its on-site subway. The refurbished 5000 Series Metro Rail Car will start accepting booze-buying passengers on Wednesday, July 12th. Appropriately parked near Metro's R- Rhode Island Avenue Brentwood Station, the new rail car bar begins operating at 4 p.m. every Wednesday to Sunday. Its Metro Bar pre- predecessor will continue to open at noon on Saturdays and Sundays, blah, blah, blah. Rail car bars... Diner-styled atmosphere is lined with sleek, hexagonal tiled flooring framed with 26 salvaged metro seats that received a new, a needed makeover. Rounded walnut tables offer a mix of two and four top seating arrangements for up to 38 guests inside. Flip-up windows open up to a platform for adjacent alfresco drinkers. What do you think? Do you want I'm to drink gonna, no, in a metro car? No, I'm going to take a pass. <laughs> My first thought when I saw the headline was, don't tell me they actually created some sort of a cafe car on the metro. No, honestly, I would. I, that would be more enticing. <laughs> that that's more dangerous. It's, it, things are bad enough on the metro Living that on you the need edge. alcohol. Living that is edge. a little bit nutty. I'll tell you what. If you have a nostalgic, like when you think about rail car diners, mm-hmm. if you have this sort of nostalgic view of like a train, for example, then you like to go and imagine yourself on the train. And as, as, as Bobby Bacala says in The Sopranos, you know, the, the Blue Comet episode, sipping a Negroni on right. your way from Philly to Atlantic City. Just, you know, those were the days. I don't have those feelings with the Metro car. <laughs> Does anyone have those feelings for the you Metro know, car? I, 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 you know, where I miss, I don't know what, the early 80s or the, the late 70s in the Metro. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Metro car still smells like one? That's my question. Does it do? Too. Because I thought when I thought I think I'd take a pass. When I thought what would I be nostalgic for, I was immediately transported to my early days of commuting before yeah. I had a parking spot, before I had sure. climbed the rungs to parking spot mm-hmm. level. And I used to commute to Union Station yeah. and that smell, which is sort of unidentifiable. It's unidentifiable. It's, it's a giant of, mix. Yeah, it's it's of it, the slight go, go ahead. humanity and briefcases. Okay, yes. And it was just a, a slight, a very, very slight hint of something burning electrical, <laughs> electrical burning smell, right? There's a little electrical Actually, burning smell. Oh, mi- no, that's that would be too dark. I was like, should, do they have themed drinks like that? Nope. Uh-huh. Let's not. However, maybe I would try it once, but I'm not, I'm not enticed. I don't think I want to go on a trip from mm-hmm. my home mm-hmm. to sit in a metro car. Right. Like if you give me an old timey train car, perhaps 30 years from now, someone will be enticed by maybe. this. Maybe my other thing is, of course, uh, I can be I can be known as a bit of a germaphobe, and so when it I doesn't used to, feel like when where I you want to use, be. I used to use Metro all the time when I lived in, in the city. Mm-hmm. I don't touch anything. I I subway surf basically, even if it means running into people. You know, like when it comes to a halt or whatever. I, I'm not touching the poles. Mm-hmm. Are the poles still there? 
You're not. I, it, you're not a strap hanger. No. You no, don't hang I've on had straps. To, I've had to do it, and then I remember it. It's, it's as if I use the bathroom. Then I'm like, I'm not touching. I'm not. I got it. Not until I wash my hands or do something. I am not. I have to remember what hand had to grab this. Well, right. the, the handle, right? The hand, yeah. It's not a leather strap, but it's the handle. It won't surprise you that I'm unconcerned about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every now and then, you, you know, might end up licking the, you know. You know, thing, it happens, okay. right? Yeah. In the, yeah. No. No. In the, in the not, time of your daily commute. Not for me. Not for you. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I would feel romantic about this prota- particular rail car. That's right. I would. I was looking into scenic railway journeys. Oh, yeah. Sure. Because... Even though as a free marketeer, I find them railways sort of problematic because they're natural monopolies and then they don't operate very well. I'm for a little jaunt through the the mountains of the of of Virginia and the Blue Ridge. Yes. And I'm I've tra- never I'm, done that in the United States. I've only done that in Europe. It's it can be really lovely. Now it's a little pricey too, but it can be nice. When I was studying, our railway is just very inefficient. Well, so you want to do the scenic one, not the actual right. utilitarian one. When I was a student studying in, in Europe, right in Vienna, I went. I remember taking a train from Venice to Munich. Right, and you went through the Brenner Pass. I mean, it must be, and it was in February, gorgeous. so there's snow on the. It, it was snowing as you come out, and and the and 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 the railroad goes around the mountain and into a tunnel, and you're just you know, with the snow coming down on the mountains, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Also, when it finally when it arrived in Germany, the train got much more efficient after it left Italy. I'm just, just going to say. I, I traveled say. from Germany to Italy once on a train, and it was gorgeous. And, yeah, not the same vibe as a metro car. No, not, not the quite the same. We have a special call out. Yes, Mary Catherine? We do. We would like to congratulate the fetching Mrs. Hewitt, loyal listener, and her husband on their 41st, 41st. anniversary this week. She's a very special listener God bless. to us. So, yes, yeah, that is one lucky guy. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Okay. On that note, that wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victory Demattis. I'm at MK Hammer and at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Please follow Getting Hammered Podcast on Instagram, where you can see video of us if we ever get hammered responsibly in the near future. Thank you for listening. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. 